Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 312th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K. Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Today, we're asking Jason Gallagher the five questions. So welcome back to the show, Jason. Hey, thanks. And uh, let's get started. So how did you get into woodworking? Well, I think I got into it um, just, you know, I've always built things with my hands and wood is is readily accessible. You know, there's always a two by four or something around and and it's a pretty easy uh, medium to manipulate if you have the right tools. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, my dad he, he let me use a lot of his tools. <laughs> maybe, maybe I was a bit young for some of them, but you know, he wasn't afraid to let me to use the reciprocal saw or use the drill yeah. or, um, so I think it just started there. Just, you know, just the passion mm -hmm. for making things and, and wood was lying around. Yeah. Did you grow up in California? I did. I did. Okay. I grew up in uh, Southern California originally. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, two by fours are a little bit different. If you grew up in Texas, we had Southern yellow pine two by fours which are a little bit tougher <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. So in, in my in my days of building southern yellow was only stair stringers we got we got two by 12s in in southern yellow and for whatever reason I, I, you know obviously two by fours were not that but uh yeah different yeah yeah, yeah it I'm is sure. yeah i was sure. i was i was thinking about that in our uh uh, previous episode, I had a similar experience with a dull handsaw and a two by four. And yeah, that probably kept me out of woodworking for a good <laughs> 10 so, years. So interestingly <laughs> enough, your, your inexperience, a dull, uh, or a dull saw and a Southern yellow pine two by four. Yeah. Um, I went, when, what was I getting? With my son, I was getting treated wood. Hold on, I'm thinking because I just went there the other day. Yeah, we were getting yeah. we were getting stuff for the shed, and I, you know, economically it was like we can get eight footers or we can get sixteen footers for a fraction of the price, and I can cut it in half before I put it in the car. Mm -hmm. And so, what did I do? Would but bring one of my distant D7 handsaws, <laughs> you of know, because why not? <laughs> and I. We moved this 16 foot two by six or one by six actually um, into the you know into a place where I can cut it. It was actually between the handrails of a of a stairway, and I'm ripping or cross cutting you know this this board. And one of the employees comes up to me and goes, "You know, sir, we have a we have a saw over the other end of the building." I said, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, because you I, I'm good. Trust me, I'm good." <laughs> like, but but yeah, I mean. Cutting pressure-treated wood is maybe not as bad as southern yellow, but it's it's yeah. pretty bad. So it's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah, there were a few, and it was that was for the 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 ramp. Now that I remember, the ramp of my uh, shed, I was buying enough two by six and and one by board, you know, deck boards essentially to uh, to make that. So I was cutting sixteen footers down to five foot sections. Yeah, well, um, I'm sure there are plenty of uh, people that have now 
unsubscribe to our podcast <laughs> your distance all on treated lumber <laughs> I, I mean i cleaned it up it's gonna be okay and by god it's supposed to be used right and it's fine it's fine i've got a d7 and a d8 the d7 came to cross cut the d8's a rip rip you know yeah file it's it's fine yeah but, it's, a, no, it's all it's, right i i put a new window in my house and and to, to cut a hole in the wall i used one of my old uh distant rip saws a, a big Beast, oh my god sliced right through the drywall and everything so, so. <laughs> i hear you oh that needed that, sharpening we, anyway i've got a good sawzall that's what that's for like you you get a good reciprocating sawzall come on anyway anyway so i bring it into that the second question what is your favorite tool um i love hand tools so much you know that's a, t- a tough one um and maybe it's cliched or something but i think it is the draw knife you know i think that's what first um sucked me into one of the things at least that sucked me into to chair making was just making shavings on on fresh green wood that's just such a wonderful thing to do and um the draw knife is you know it's it's surprisingly versatile you know um you know Mm -hmm. curtis talks about um uh, what's he say taking taking a tool past its uh i can't remember what the phrase is he says now but you know if if you if you just if you just think like, man, you, you can you can apply this tool in in so many different ways, and you know, cutting off the tops of the spindles as they stick through the arm rail, or or um, uh, you know, like shaving down arm rails and everything, it's just real versatile and and a lot of fun to use. Hmm. So I think it's I think it's definitely the draw knife. Yeah, I neither I have a draw knife or a shave horse, so I uh, hmm. well, I well that's a pity. That's a point. pity. I know, I know. I've yeah. been thinking. I need a I need a fro. I need a draw knife. <laughs> and then the shape horse, I think, in that order. No, you got to get the draw knife. Okay. Draw knife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there are plenty. There are plenty of great antique ones just right around the corner from yeah. you, Sean. Yeah. yeah. I have. I have a gift card for <laughs> Lee Nielsen. I think. I can yeah. Actually, the Lee it. Nielsen is not bad. It's 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 a decent it's a decent one. So yeah. Have you used yeah. that one quite a bit? Yeah. 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 I've used Lee Nielsen. I like that. I got one. Um. I use that for my. Uh, bevel down for my bevel up i was i got one from uh peter galbert when i took a class from him um and it's it's called a bailey it's it's a weird looking draw knife um and when i was using it in his class and you know he says yeah i occasionally sell them i go would you sell this one he's like no that one has uh (laughs) wicked geometry and then the next day he said yeah i think i might sell that one i went how much here you go (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah it's it's a it's a cool uh bevel up and i tend to use that more but uh the lee nielsen's not bad and then i have like four or five others but those are the two i use the most so you use a bevel up a lot then i use a bevel up a lot yeah yeah i do yeah i I know most people use the bevel down but this one is just this one's kind of different than uh i think that's one of the reasons pete was kind of a little hesitant to let it go Mm -hmm. because it uh it can actually do some pretty nice scooping motions for a bevel up. You know, you can actually get in there and scoop out stuff, which most bevel ups you can't. It's got a, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I'll post a picture of it. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Take a look at it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. Which is the more aggressive up or down when you're, you're talking about draw knife? Or is it not even that? It's, it's more it, about the angle of attack. Yeah, than, I mean, a bevel yeah. up tends to follow the fibers a little better and for nice straight cuts. And 
uh, in my experience and beveled downs, you can kind of carve a little bit better. I don't know. That's my experience. So I don't know. Hmm. Uh, you may have different opinions, <laughs> Jason. <laughs> now, well, I mean, I've only used, I think the only time I ever used a bevel down or a bevel up, excuse me, was, uh, at Curtis's place. Uh, you know, for one, I didn't have wood straight enough to, to make one of those work, but, yeah. um, yeah, you know, I've, I, I really like the bevel down. That's always just, that's all I've ever had. And I think that's, that's all I've ever really used. So, um, yeah, but yeah, definitely I, it can be more, like you said, I think it's kind of how you attack the wood cause you can really carve away some material with a bevel down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, a bevel up, uh, sometimes at least in my experience, I've had where it can remove a lot of material, but maybe not where you want it cause it catches and, and dives, you know, mm. so you'll get some tear out or something, but, um, yeah, I think uh, bevel down for sure is the my preference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it seems to be the one that most people use is is the, mm-hmm. uh, the bevel down. And uh, I don't disagree. I don't know. I just like using this bevel up one, and I've I've done some yeah, some oh, yeah. some stuff with it that that I remember when I was in the class with uh, Elia, and I did something with that. He goes, "You shouldn't be able to do that with the bevel up." <laughs> <laughs> I went, "Yeah, no." But it does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some there's some unique uh, some unique draw knives out there that's you know um, Curtis has a couple of those bar- um, are they Bartons I think yeah yeah uh, they're kind of and, and, and my last name is Barton and I don't have a Barton yeah I've got a number of draw knives yeah it's on my wish list yeah oh I know it's, I think it's on everyone's wish list because anytime they pop up on eBay they're just they're gone or they sell for some ridiculous amount of money yeah um, but. But yeah, those are those are pretty cool. Those have an interesting geometry too. It's almost like two big bevels, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there there are some draw. I think um, what is it? The bowl um, David Fisher that does mm-hmm. all the bowls. He uses some um, double double bevel draw knives where they're like a knife. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Oh, well, you're really really paying attention to your hand angle then as you're drawing yeah. through because you could gouge yeah. it or you could lift it yeah. or yeah. yeah. So. So I think those are kind of interesting too, but I've never, I've never played one with one, but you know, I've heard him mention that, you know, in some of his stuff, when he's doing stuff with bowls, he's using this knife edge draw knife. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Talk about, you know, Curtis talking about, uh, you know, a lot of knowledge that's been lost. I think there's a lot of knowledge in some of those tools that have been lost. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, with Wes that has something like that too. Um, some, I can't remember his name, but, um, he makes, I have an ads from him and I can't remember what the, his shop's called, but, uh, he makes a, he makes a funky knife, a funky draw knife that almost looks like that, like a blade. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I I think a lot of this stuff was like used in coopering and all of those lost arts Mm -hmm. that was was there. But anyway, but moving on. So who has influenced you the most? If we haven't already answered that question. (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) Definitely have. It's, it's certainly Curtis, uh, Curtis Buchanan, you know, um, he, you know, the, it's not only kind of what he's doing. Um, I think, you know, I love the chair making process and I love, you know, I think, and this is not a knock on, on anyone's chairs by any means, but I, I just think Curtis's chairs are just the most beautiful chairs ever. And, um, so he's definitely influenced me in that way in, in what I want to do, but there's almost, you know, kind of, I kind of found him at a time where I was looking to do something different in my life and kind of shape my life differently. And, you know, here's this guy on the internet who's kind of done it. You know, he's living this life that's simpler, that's a bit quieter. 
Mm-hmm. And um, so that really resonated with it. Not, not that there's a philosophy behind it, but kind of the ideas, the whys he's doing things. Um, that really resonated. There, there kind of is. Have you listened to uh, Curtis kind of talk about his life? There was a podcast a few years ago that uh, interviewed him and uh, he kind of got on with, you know, a lot of the stuff that he did when he was younger. And it's kind of, yeah, there's a lot of philosophy behind Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. There's, there's so much there. So much there. Yeah. I'll have to to look into that. I've heard a couple of his interviews. The, I heard the, uh, the fine woodworking. That's what kind of really sold me. I think was, (laughs) was listening to, to the, you know, why he's doing things. And I think it was a fine woodworking interview he did. And he talked about contentment and mm-hmm. man, I was just like, Oh, you know, that, that idea, you just, you get up and you, you go down to the shop and, and you just work and you just do what's in front of you. And I, you know, I just, that, that hits with me. I, um, I want a simple life and, and I like, I like the quiet, you know, I like the same mm-hmm. thing, the quiet shop and you can hear everything going on around you and, and hear my kids. And right. Um, so yeah, he's, yeah, he's definitely been, a big influence in, in my woodworking and, and in my life in general, I think. Yeah. Um, as it kind yeah. of articulated a lot of the things I was thinking and the things I was feeling. Well, if I can find that interview, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send you a note on it. It's a few years yeah, ago, but great. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing like that sound of hand tools in a quiet shop, just mm-hmm. zipping away. Love it. Oh yeah, man. Totally. Yeah, no, it's, it's well, and it's, you know, I think there's, it's, it's something else too, you know, uh, like a couple of years ago, it was, it was funny. We were, it was in the middle of winter and, um, you know, there's a, a thunderstorm going on. And so my, my middle son comes out into the shop and I'm fitting spindles into this chair, he comes out into the shop and he plops down in the chair right next to me. And he proceeds to tell me this story and, Oh daddy, you know, this, that, blah, 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 the other thing. And mm-hmm. I don't, I like, I don't even remember what the story was about. But he clearly was was uh, was scared scared of the thunder. But I just thought, like, man, you know, if I'd have had a normal shop, or even, you know, if I was uh, on another a different job or whatever, or you know, there'd be like in the shop, right? If it was a table saw, or if it was a jointer, or something, I couldn't have had that experience with him because I, I may not want him in the shop right at that moment as I'm running a, a planer or something. But right. because it was this simple, quiet process you know, just shaving away on wood, we were able to have that, that real nice moment where he can just come in, sit down and, and tell me what's on his mind, you know? So, and I want a lot of that in my life, that kind of experience. Oh, for sure. So, so that being said, next question, what has been your biggest stumbling block? Well, <laughs> it's, it's a number of things. Um, and it, they're ongoing <laughs> by no means are these uh, past tense, you know, they're still, they're still present. One of them, what is uh is materials finding good materials is is a challenge um mm-hmm. at least if i'm trying to source it locally getting it from from alia and and getting dried stuff either at the hardwood store or, or from back east that's making things a lot uh a lot more e- uh easy um but if i want to get stuff around here which i still do i'll still go out if somebody sends me a photo of a real nice pecan or a nice birch or sycamore or something i'll i'll go get it um but Finding green wood to work with a draw knife is just really difficult out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's definitely a challenge. And then I'd say the other thing is is customers. <laughs> you know, finding people who <laughs> want to buy expensive chairs. You know, that's that's been a real struggle too. There's there's you know a lot of it is I think people kind of don't really know I'm out here. Nobody really knows that I'm doing right. this. Um, 
And there's also this, there's kind of this gap. Um, you know, nobody out here on the West Coast, it seems like, knows what a Windsor chair is. And I was one of them at one point. You know, I had no, mm. no clue. I could have, if you showed me the shape or the silhouette of like a, of a bow back or something, yeah, I could tell you, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. But nobody really knows um, what the heck a Windsor is. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, I'd say that it's, it's definitely finding customers and finding materials have been the biggest hurdles for sure. Um, but I think it's, uh, they're both out there. Yeah. 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 You just need to find that perfect interior designer that loves wins. <laughs> right, right. Well, and you know, I interior think designer to the stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I think there's also, um, uh, I think there's a bit of a different aesthetic appreciation out here too. You know, people mm-hmm. really like it's at least what I'm inferring from you know Instagram and and what people seem to be buying. There's people really enjoy like a mid-century modern and and contemporary style things um so um you know that might be a factor in it as well maybe people don't uh you know whereas back east right there's at least from what i understand there's windsor chairs everywhere and people grow (laughs) up with windsor chairs and you know in their home and um yeah but i mean you can make the windsors more contemporary i mean obviously curtis Curtis has his his stuff i think it's uh, i think it's getting that yeah it's it's like getting that customer base it's getting someone that says Hey, I want something unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I mean, the, the rocking chair I sit in sometimes is a, definitely a department store purchase sometime in the last half a century. The seat is a solid two inches thick. The The back of it has bent, bowed little things that actually spin in their position. Though when you sit down, you can actually shift them. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say this is a fine Windsor chair by any means. <laughs> Uh, but it has a groove from someone rubbing their hand on it so much that it actually wore away. And from what I understand, it was my wife's grandmother, mm. you know, that used to sit in this chair. But mm. it's it has so it has history, but it's not well done at all. And and say that the the arm, which is a separate piece, is almost a two by four. It may be a two by three. It's so thick and boxy, and it just has a slight curve on the front end of it. It's it's anyway. Yeah, there's better things, and you make them. Like that's this isn't it, but it, it's it's an interesting uh, you know thing. Like you know you know California Midwest, who knows where it is, but you know somewhere there's a customer somewhere. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, I I think they're out there for sure. There's um you know um just have to I just need to be able to get out there and and show chairs to yeah. people. You know, and yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. The best selling point of a Windsor chair is have a seat. Right. For sure. Right? Yeah, sure. And if you can get them to sit in it, then uh, yeah, you can get some customers. That's for sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think there's some potential out there. I mean, come on, you're the only guy I'm building Windsor chairs <laughs> in California. Hey, there you yeah, go. Maybe not the, the only guy, it, right? but you know, <laughs> but, yeah. But there are few. no. I I think there is. I think there's certainly a tremendous amount of of potential for yeah. for chairs. Um, you know, I mean, like there. I mean, I, I mean, encountered many of them at the fairs and stuff already, and and um. I think, you know, well, and part, so kind of what I was going to do before the whole COVID thing was, was I was, I was going to try to start up in, uh, I have some friends in, in Seattle. And so I thought I'd just do like a West coast tour and start at a fair in <laughs> yeah. Seattle and work my way down to Portland and then come through California and then go all the way down to Southern California and just hit little fairs and things all along the way. Um, and just try to let people know, Hey, there's this guy out here doing this stuff. So <laughs> Um, but yeah, well, hopefully in a few months, 
It'll be something you can do. Because, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good, that sounds like a great plan, actually. Yeah. And especially now that you have some inventory built up. It's going to be, you right. know, demonstrate. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, not many people see a Windsor uh, high chair. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, right. That could be cool. Well, the, the process of it, too, you know, shaving down uh, spindles or whatever it may be mm-hmm. at the shows, that really, um, people really enjoy that. Especially kids. But oh, yeah. people, yeah, they love to watch you do that. And that, that sucks sucks lots of people in and just stand there and, and watch you and then every once in a while somebody will pop up with a question or whatever the, the, the funniest sometimes i get this uh a, a couple of times this has happened I'll, I'll be sitting there shaving on something and then a guy comes up and he stands there and he's just watching just watching and next thing i know he goes what are you doing and i'm like oh i'm just shaving away some chair parts and then he's, well for what well for these chairs what chairs you know all these chairs around you right here and oh you make these? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just some guy shaving wood, selling used chairs. <laughs> no, I make these chairs. <laughs> oh, that's classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some people can't put two and two together, but anyway. I know. But with that, um, so how has the internet influenced your work? Well, I mean, I probably, I mean, I wouldn't say that I would not be doing this if it weren't for the internet but you know i found curtis through the internet so right. it's definitely that and then you know i didn't do i have this kind of love hate relationship i guess you could say with social media yes. um, so we real all, hes- yes. yeah so i yeah right right um i was real hesitant to do uh, instagram for a long mm-hmm. for, a, for a while and then you know everybody says you, you know it's it's where people are at and so you need to get an Instagram. Okay, I'll get an Instagram, and and um, um, yeah, and the 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 coolest thing about the Instagram is like you're saying earlier is that you know you find you find all these people around doing all sorts of amazing things. You know, people mm-hmm. down in Australia and in Britain making Windsors and all sorts of different Greenwood things, and and so it's it's been really neat to be able to see what other people are doing and 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 kind of uh, bounce off of those things too. Like oh that's a cool way they did that. I wonder if I could, you know, incorporate that or, or tweak it a little bit or something. So internet's yeah. definitely been good for that. Yeah. I think that's great. Cause, uh, you know, man, everyone's sharing techniques now on Instagram, which is just mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic. I mean, from, you know, flat work to chair making to, to whatever, but people are out there sharing their stuff at a degree. I don't think they would, but you know, you can make these quick little videos or, you know, picture montages and just like hey here's how i do this not saying that's the best way to do it but here's how i do it you know (laughs) so and it's fantastic because i've gotten a lot of hints and and uh and uh inspiration from that kind of stuff so Mm -hmm. anyway well with that said so um where can folks find you on the interwebs jason so you can find me on my instagram uh at gallag.j at g-a-l-l-a-g dot j and then my website, uh, followingthefibers.com. And Sean, what about yourself? Oh, I am uh, Sean W78 on most of the social medias that matter. How about you, Kyle? And you can always find me at barton.kyle on Instagram, the only social media platform that matters. And so with that, that just about wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at MWA underscore national, on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast, or like us on Facebook 
at just find us at the NWA. The best thing you can do though is tell a friend, word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.